0: Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study that we have every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time broadcast live right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page. But later you can find it uploaded at the YouTube channel which is Curtis Hutchinson 316 and the website which is thecrosswaychurch.com Excited to be with you today. Today will be, of course, Romans 7 Part 10 here on June the 24th, 2019, I like sharing the date every once in a while so we'll be able to look back and see where we were and what date we were there and all that good stuff. Before we dig in this morning, I want to remind you uh, uh, or rather let you know of my speaking engagements that I have throughout the rest of this year. Uh, at this point, and uh, this coming Sunday morning, for those of you in the Junction City, Arkansas area, I will be with Pastors Patrick and Rosalind Hatter at Redeemed at the Cross Ministries, right there in Junction City, Arkansas, for their 8th Uh, year 8th anniversary. So if you're anywhere near Junction City, Arkansas, come be with us uh, this coming Sunday morning. Love to see you there. Uh, July, we'll be having our July the 11th, Thursday night through July the 14th, Sunday morning meetings in Wichita Falls, Texas at our other Crossway Church. And uh, we will have Andrew Hutchinson, my son, Thursday night, uh, pastor's Clint and Lindsay Bass will be Friday night and Saturday morning, and then Pastor Tommy Wiedelman from Tuttle, Oklahoma will be there Saturday night, and I'll close shop Sunday morning, July the 14th. So pray for the meetings. If you know anybody in the Wichita Falls, Texas area that's looking for a cross-preaching church, send them to uh, my email address, Curtis Hutchinson at ATt.net, let them know we're there. The second weekend every month on a Friday night at 7 and Saturday morning from Tyndall uh, Lunch. Also, August the 4th, I'll be with Pastor Scotty Williams and the good folks of Dublin, Georgia, a good big group of cross-eyed believers there that we've gotten to know and become friends with. Look forward to being with them on August the 4th. That's a Sunday morning and uh, meeting a lot of new people. Praise God. So also in September on the 21st and 22nd, uh, I'll be with Pastor Colton Hill in Athens, Tennessee and the good cross-eyed folks of Planted in Christ Ministries. Uh, Pastor Colton Hill is from our little area here and uh, went to Bible College and I pastors a church there in Athens and I look forward to being with them again this September. So if you're anywhere in those areas, uh, we'd love to meet you, love to uh, be with you. Also we have determined camp meeting coming up in October, October the 24th through the 27th, which is a Thursday night through Sunday morning. I'm going to list the ministers that at this point are planning on being here. Have not heard none of them are any of them are not coming, so as far as I know they're all coming. And we have uh, Ross Kibodeau, Felix Almanza, Tommy Wiedelman, Luke Pogue, Lindsey Bass, Colton Hill, Mark Goldwire, Don Ragsdale, Clint Bass, Patrick Hatter, Preston Nasal, Wayne Voss, and Scotty Williams. 13 ministers coming in to preach the gospel that you don't have to wonder. You don't have to worry. They're going to get up in the pulpit and they're going to preach the word of God as it is truth and righteousness and point you to the Redeemer, Jesus Christ, and what he did at Calvary. They are determined ministers of the gospel. And I praise God for that. Hallelujah. Well, uh, that's all I'm going to announce today before we dig into our uh, Bible study here. And uh, it's Romans chapter 7. But don't forget, everything we do here at Crossway Church is uploaded to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. You can find it all there. Uh, Romans 7 And we're going to start in verse 9. Hopefully we'll move on and get further today. You never know, but I praise God. He's going to give us daily bread today. He's going to give us our nutrients that we need from the Word of God. God does everything He does in our lives based on His Word and our faith in His Word. We need to understand that. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of the Lord. And when faith comes, we begin to live. We like to say around here, when faith comes, faith overcomes. Hallelujah. So, verse 9, chapter 7 in the great letter uh, to the Roman church. For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Can I tell you today that without the knowledge of the sin nature that every human being on the planet has had since we fell into sin in the garden, without the knowledge of the sin nature, without the knowledge of what really happened at the cross and how the death of Jesus (coughs) and your faith in that death of Jesus is causing the sin nature to be, be made inoperable not totally annihilated and put away and gone and doesn't exist anymore. The devil was defeated at Calvary, but he still exists. The sin nature was defeated at Calvary. The world and the flesh, they were all defeated at Calvary, but they all still exist. But they're inoperable because of Christ's death and our faith in that death. And we need to know that. We need to remember that. So let's look at this. And make sure we get this. You know, the gospel is at an elementary level. And we can all understand the gospel. And because we can all understand the gospel, then we can understand God's word. Because all of God's words, he said in Proverbs 8 and 8, are in righteousness. And his righteousness, Romans 1, 16 and 17, is revealed in the gospel. So all of God's words, if looked at, if accepted, acknowledged, received from the heart, with the heart, in righteousness, then we can walk in the understanding of God's word in the light of God's word, the light of this path he placed before us will become brighter and brighter. We need to remember that. God's word can be understood if it's seen through the blood, every single word through the blood. So when the apostle Paul says, for I was alive without the law once, he's talking about after he was, when he was born again, because before he was born again, he wasn't without the law. He was with the law, under the law, and he was dead in his sins because he couldn't keep the law. That's what the Bible tells us. So Paul and no one was ever alive without the law unless they were alive in Christ, You got it. So this wasn't talking about before he was born again because he wasn't alive and he wasn't without the law. See how simple this is if you just stick with the simplicity of Jesus Christ. I was alive without the law once talking about when I was born again, but when the commandment came, when I turned back to the commandment, when I turned back to the do's and don'ts, and I must eat, and I must not eat, and I must go and this time, I must do this at that time, and I, I can't do this, and I must listen, let me hear it very simply and very very importantly, hear this today. Whatever I think I have to do, even if it's something biblical for my salvation, I've missed the point. That's law. We're called to pray. We're called to love each other, to forgive each other, to be in the house of God in the assembling together of ourselves even more so as the day of... Not less and less where church church attendance becomes a, yeah, I used to be. No, more and more and more. We should be students of the word more and more and more. We should be witnesses unto Christ more and more and more. Not I used to be but but if our faith turns from Christ and his sacrificial work at Calvary to anything we're doing, even anything the Bible tells us to be doing, if we move our faith to the things that we're called to do, such as water baptism, we're, we're called to be obediently uh, water baptized after we're born again. Not to be born again. Remember, kindergarten level, you can't do anything to get into Christ except believe in him. You believe your way into Christ by believing in the work he did at Calvary. You don't get into Christ by working your way in and water baptism is a work. Everything is a work. But works, listen, it's so simple. We can't work our way into Christ. If we could, we could boast about it. But it's not of works, it's of grace. So when Paul says, when the commandment came, that means when I turn back to the law, when I turn back to the do's and don'ts, when I turn back to thinking I had to do all these things to be righteous before God, to have the provision and the power of God. Look what happened. Sin, here's, that's sin is used as the noun, the sin nature, that thing that was made dormant when I was made alive. See, when you're made alive in Christ through your faith in the cross alone, the sin nature is made dormant. Dead, crucified... But when the commandment comes, when the preacher tells you if you'll do these three things and God will deliver you, that's a commandment he's given you. That's things he's giving you. You have to do to experience what Jesus is offering you freely through your faith and what he did at Calvary. And when you think you have to do these three things or confess these three things, that's the commandment coming. And the sin nature revives and I died, Paul said. Well, he didn't die physically because he's writing this letter about something that happened in the past. What does it mean? Look back at verse 5. It explains it. For when we were in the flesh, that means under law, only thing can happen when you're trying to obey all the rules for righteousness before God. For any part of salvation that comes from God alone, you're trying to work for it. You're in the flesh. And you can't please God, Romans 8 and 8. The passions of the sin nature, there's the word sins again, as the noun, the sin nature, not committing acts of sins, but the motions of, the passions of the sin nature, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. Paul said, I was alive without the law when I believed in Christ and he became my Lord. But when the commandment came, when I thought I had to start obeying the commandments again for righteousness. We do obey God's Word, but not for righteousness. Christ Christ is our righteousness alone. His work at Calvary, not His work at Calvary and our works. It's His work alone. And when we don't believe that, then the only alternative is to believe that we can work for something for a part of our salvation. Hebrews 1 and 3 talks about Jesus as when he by himself had purged us from our sins. We didn't have any part in that. We didn't help in the matter. We just today simply believe in his work. And that's it. When you start trusting in what somebody's telling you, now, you, yes, okay, Christ and his cross, praise God for that, but now you also have to do these things if all if that's going to work for you. No, that's law, law. The commandment when the preacher or even you just your own self begin to believe or you're told that you have to do these three things. I used to be a preacher like that. 99.9% of all preachers today are like that. People come in crying, broken, torn apart. They need help. The preacher obviously wants to help them, but if he doesn't know to point them to Christ in his work at Calvary alone, not plus things you have to do. Christ and his work at Calvary alone, that's what enabled the the Holy Spirit to begin a work in you. That's the only faith that allows him to continue a work in you. And we need to remember that when we're trying to help people. Think about that. So Paul says that When we were in the flesh, the motions of the sin nature, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So when he says in verse 9, I was alive without the law once, that means when he was born again, but when he started trying to live by the commandment again, the sin nature revived and I died. What does that mean? He begins to manifest the fruit of death again, separation from God. Listen, not in the community's eyes, not in all the people, not in all the church's eyes, Never forget to cling to when it comes to Christianity and how we're living and, 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 and the, the appearance of how we're living. We, we better make sure that the eyes of the Lord, have, 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 we have found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But we, it, we, it better be more than us having a name for ourselves. and We better always cling back to Revelation 3, 1 through 6, the church in Sardis where Jesus said, you got a name that you're alive, massive reputation. You guys, everybody thinks you're awesome. You got it going on. But the way I see you, you are dead. Just what Paul's writing about here to the church in Rome. Listen. I was alive without the law. It's the only way you can be alive is without the law. Under grace. See, sin's dominion is under law. But Romans 6, 14 says, sin shall not have dominion over you. The sin nature shall no longer dominate you because you're not under law where it dominates, but now you're under grace. Grace. And that's what happens when you're born again. You're you're, you're under grace. You're under that which God has placed you. Grace is what God is doing. God is working. Law is what you're doing and you're working. Think about that. And when the commandment comes, the law comes, and I'm not talking about the Ten Commandments God gave Moses. I'm talking about the things that you've told yourself you'll have to do to to find deliverance, or that preacher told you you'll have to do to find deliverance. Those are commandments. Those are anything is a commandment or a law if you think you have to work it for any part of God's salvation. And let me say to the new listeners, Ephesians 2.10 tells us there are, we are called unto good works, but they're all in Christ. And they can only happen by the power of the Holy Spirit who works in our lives based on our faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Here's why. It's the only avenue of righteousness. The initial status that we have in Christ being called righteous, the righteousness of God in Christ... Because our faith was in His work of righteousness at Calvary. But not just our initial status of righteous and being given, uh, and, and rather being made servants of righteousness, Romans 16 through 18, but 17 and 18. But listen, the daily fruits of His righteousness must be the fruit of the Spirit. There's no separation from the fruit of the Spirit and the fruits of righteousness. They're one and the same. If the Spirit of God is allowed to work in our hearts and he does that based on our faith in that truth that made us free from sin and and made us servants of righteousness. He didn't, listen, he didn't start a work in you before you believed. Yes, he was preaching the gospel to you through somebody at some point and you believed and that's when he moved in and that's when he began the work because all God's works are done in truth, Psalms 33:4. 4. Uh, many ministers have heard that. They're scared to death of it because they're, they, they, they are yet to step into a place of, of honesty where they can turn around and begin to point out things they've called God that just wasn't God. And let me tell you something, preacher. When you get to that point, you're going to find a move of God in your life you've never known. You're going to find a move of God in your life you've never, ever known. It's beyond feelings. It's beyond emotions. It's beyond your preaching. It is a reality that you have not known yet. When you accept that God's Word is right, Psalms 33, 4, and that all His works are done in truth and that Jesus said when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. He is the truth and only what he did at Calvary is what allows him as the truth to make you free, to liberate you, not just once to get you in the kingdom but daily to get you through this life as a a child of God in the kingdom. You've got to have your faith in the sacrificial work of Christ and you've got to admit especially to those you've ministered to falsely for years that you have been wrong. You show me the minister that gets up and tells the people of God I've been wrong, who doesn't care if they run him off because he starts preaching the truth. You show me that minister and I'll show you a move of God. Oh, it may not appear like it to men, but we're not after the appearance of men. We're after the Lord saying, you don't We don't want to hear Jesus telling us what he told the church in Sardis. Everybody that sees you guys, man, you've got a name that you're alive, but you're dead. Paul here is giving the the revelation, the illumination in God's word for us how to live a life where we are living alive and not as though we're dead again. Paul says, when the commandment came, the sin nature revived and I died. He's talking about going back to law same thing that happened to Peter, you can read about it in Galatians 2, when he jumped over on the side of the of the legalist who came rushing into Antioch there, and P- Peter was enjoying himself with the, with the Gentile believer, eat, believers, eating old chicken leg and all the stuff he wasn't ever able to eat in the past, fellowshipping with Gentiles. And boy, the, the, some, some ministers from or some men came from Jerusalem and, 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 and fear gripped Peter's heart. He forgot, he forgot what he should be remembered. He jumped up and got away from them, ran to the other side and joined the ranks of the, of the legalists and the, and the law keepers. And Paul had to stand up and rebuke him in love, face to face before the whole company. And he didn't start preaching on sanctification. He reminded Peter, you can read it in Galatians 2 that we're justified by faith. Not by works. It's powerful. Peter had begun to manifest death again according to Paul's teaching because Peter had jumped over on the side of the legalizers, the legalists, the law keepers, they thought. Nobody's ever kept the law. So watch this now. Paul says, I was alive without the law once. That's when he was saved. But when the commandment came, when I started to live according to the law again, the sin nature revived and I died. In God's eyes, I started manifesting the fruit of death again because that's all that can be manifest when I'm trying to keep the commandments for righteousness. For any part of my salvation, if somebody's telling me I have to do a work, for any part of my salvation, the sin nature is revived. Whether you want to admit it, whether you like it or not, it's right here in the Bible. It doesn't matter if you don't understand it. Listen, people people running around all over the earth today and they think just because they don't believe there's a God or they don't believe there's a hell that they're not going to have to stand before Him, that they're not going to go to hell. We better understand, it's not what we just want to believe. It's what God's Word says. And those who have a heart for God, not an outer appearance they have a heart for God, And there's nothing wrong with having an outer appearance of praise and worship and prayer and and, and things of that nature. But God's not, listen to me, God's not looking at any of that. That's what we see. God looks at the heart and either the heart is believing unto righteousness which means faith in the cross or it's not. The outer aggressive movements of man do not fake God out. We can fake each other out. But the heart is what's seen by God. And hear me today. The heart is what's dealt with by God. We need to remember that. We can have, man, a church and it'll seem like it's a church on fire. But the Lord just liable to show up and say, no, you're dead. You're dead because it's the matter of the heart. And if you'll remember and go read Revelation 3, 1 through 6, the letter to the church in Sardis, what does he tell them to repent and get back to? The place they could hear and receive. They had a name that they were alive, but they were no longer hearing the Lord or receiving of the Lord. It was all them doing all the work, but make no bones about it. They had an appearance like God was all in it. Quoting scriptures, oh, there's no telling what they were doing. There's no telling, but they had an appearance. They had that form, but they were without the power of God. But you couldn't tell them that. You couldn't tell the community that. You couldn't tell those who knew them from afar that because they had an appearance and a name that they were alive. Living under the law, living under the rules. You got to wear long sleeves. Women have to wear dresses. You can't wear makeup. Don't cut your hair. All blah, 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 blah. All the legalist things. They even call it holiness. Know this there's no such thing as holiness without the fruit of righteousness because righteousness is the only thing that is unto holiness. And the only way that righteousness is obtained is through faith in the death of Jesus alone. Romans chapter 6 teaches that. We taught that right from the word. And righteous, listen, let's just narrow it down. Holiness is what must be seen for the Lord to be seen. The Bible says that in Hebrews 12. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Okay? If your fruit is not holiness, nobody's seeing the Lord through you even though they think they are. You have a name that you're alive. Oh, serving God. But without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. But without righteousness, there is no holiness because righteousness is unto holiness. Not long sleeves, long dresses, no makeup. That's not unto holiness. Righteousness is unto holiness. And righteousness is only experienced as the child of God serves righteousness. Romans 6, it's laid out in kindergarten form. And no one serves righteousness unless their faith is in and remains in that which made them a servant of righteousness, which is that form of doctrine that freed them from their sin. It's all right there in kindergarten form, line upon line in Romans chapter 6. The question is, will you keep believing a wife, a husband, some old preacher, some old denomination instead of the simplicity of God's word in its gospel context? Yeah, we we may not understand all the things about the rapture. We may not understand a whole lot of things, but when it comes to God's saving grace, it's in, L, it's in kindergarten form. And the only reason we won't accept it is because we're denying the power of God through hanging on to some traditional view of men who've twisted God's word for their own destruction. Now, you need to think about that. You hear in the truth... You know it's right, but the moment you begin to hear truth, your mind goes to a husband, a wife, a kid, a boss, a friend, a best friend, a a co-worker, a church group maybe that you're trapped in that's not ministering this, that's not believing this. Maybe you're in a group of people that get together on Sunday and you think you have to shout the presence of God. You have to swing from the chandeliers to get God to show up and you know absolutely nothing about justification and sanctification. Can I just love you enough this morning to tell you you're in the wrong place. God didn't even put you in that place. God would never send any of His children to a place where they could not be for the work of the ministry and the ministry is the ministry of reconciliation not the ministry of how to have a good marriage not the ministry of this not the prayer not to have a prayer ministry praise God but all of that falls under the heading of the ministry of reconciliation and if you get that wrong then all the rest of it's wrong in the eyes of God. If the focus is not the sacrifice of Christ, then the vision isn't there. But, but we're having one of those mirages like we're dry out in the desert. You know what happens when you're out in the desert and you're dry? After about two days of crawling in the old hot desert sand, you begin to see big ponds of water or water fountains and then you keep crawling and you keep crawling. You keep getting there and it still ain't there. That's what happens when you're living your life as a Christian without faith in the cross. You keep reaching for that but that don't work. You keep going to that church but that don't work. You keep trying that but that don't work. It's because the devil in your flesh is playing tricks on you. You keep seeing things that look like they're going to work and then they won't work because the only solid ground is the righteousness of Jesus Christ and it only takes place in our lives through our faith in his work of righteousness at Calvary. You need to know that. You, when, you, when you trust Christ, hey, listen, those of you who are struggling, with this truth because you got family that might not believe it you better choose the truth because Jesus said if you don't you're not going to be able to be his disciple you're not going to be able to be his disciple if you put mother father son anybody before him and what he's offering you and you're doing that you're, you're doing that if you won't accept the truth and follow Him just because you don't think your spouse will, just because because God's encouraging you to get out. God is, is raising up and getting people out of so many false places today that have laid waste to the church. He is raising up and moving out His people all over the world today out of these places that bless their hearts. They they want to serve God, but they're refusing this message when it comes to them. I'm talking about the children of God saved, born again, spirit-filled people of God. They're refusing the truth. And you need to know The Bible doesn't call for a great revival in the last days. It calls and it it speaks of a great falling away. The question is, will you come back to faith and grace? Will you come back to the truth of God's Word? Listen to me today. God's calling you. God's calling you. And those of us who know this truth, this truth is what we should be learning more and more and more. We don't get the revelation, the illumination of God's word concerning the cross and then move on. I've got that. A lady told me one time a few years ago, well, I've been coming here for about three or four months. I've got the message of the cross. I'm going back to my church. No, she didn't get it or she'd, have, she'd have, she would have fell in love with this message and been wanting to hear nothing else. Nothing else. Everything else outside the message of the cross is a message of you going to work for what God has already freely offered you. We didn't get very far. We'll try to next time when Paul goes in to says "And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. Think about that because we couldn't keep it. We can't keep the law. Not when we were lost, not now not unless Christ by His Spirit is working in our hearts to do the work. Hallelujah. God bless you. We love you. Help us get the word out. Share these messages on social media. Send somebody a message. Call them on the phone. Tell them to tune in every Monday and Thursday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page or send them to the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316 where they will hear God's word in truth in its righteous context and they will. Find that path of righteousness God has laid before them. He calls it a race, and we're called to run it. Hallelujah. God bless you. I love you. I'm praying for you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you then.